and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Thrive for Life podcast. I'm your host, Ashlyn Daly, and I'm thrilled to be joined by this week's guest, Elaine Doyle. So Elaine is a holistic life coach. She's also a therapist and a social worker, and she's based in Kilkenny. And if you listened to my previous podcast, which was all about my personal growth journey, you would have heard me refer to Elaine quite a bit because Elaine has really helped me personally over the last couple of months to feel my feelings. I literally reached out to Elaine and said, hey Elaine, I need to feel my feelings and I'm struggling with it. And I really think you can help me because I know Elaine talks a lot on Instagram about the importance of feeling your emotions and feeling your feelings rather than suppressing them. So this was a podcast episode I've been really excited about recording for quite some time. We had planned pre-COVID to to do it, but it finally happened. So this episode is all about feeling your feelings and also we touch on embracing your feminine energy and what the difference between the masculine and the feminine energy is and how they both serve us in different ways. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Elaine Doyle. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me on the Thrive for Life podcast. I'm delighted to have you on as a guest. Thank you so much, Ash. It's great to be here. Finally, you know, we talked about this for a while, but um, yeah, delighted to be here. Um, so just I've spoken about you actually in the last podcast and how much you helped me on my journey in such a short space of time. So it really is such an honour to have you on to talk about the, the things that you helped me with, feeling my feelings and embracing my feminine energy. So that's what we're here to talk about Brilliant. today. And um, I'd love to just start by maybe getting you to share a little bit about your own journey, the work that you do. So if you want to start with the work that you do, maybe. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ash. And it's, it's honestly been such a pleasure working with you. And it would be great to share some of those things um, over the next um, hour, because really, it, it's really simple things. As you know yourself, it's not... Um, these things aren't complex. It's just getting our head around how to feel our emotions. So, yeah, just a little bit more about what I do, the work that I do. So, um, for people who don't know my background, prior to um, working for myself as a life coach and therapist, I worked in the area of mental health for six to seven years. So, I worked with a lot of people with severe mental health difficulties. I mean, working with people... Um, with mental health difficulties has always been my passion. Um, so that work brought me to different parts of the world um, where I managed counselling services and I worked with the army and I worked um, in the adoption services and, and, and primary schools and different things like that. And during my career, um, what I realised, Ash, was that it was the little things that people weren't doing every day that really um, led to them having you know, massive mental health difficulties. And in that area of work, it made me realise that I was catching these people probably a little bit too late. So by the time they got to our services, they were, le- they were um, needing a lot of, um, you know, medical intervention through antidepressants and things like that. And I thought, you know, I'd love to get into um, an area of work where I could maybe prevent people getting to this point where they have no option but to go into hospital and to have medication. So um, that's when I decided to kind of, you know, train as a life coach and to start up my own business where I could really 
target people before they were getting to that kind of crisis place and to help them um, to help themselves really and to help them with different interventions that would make sure that they were going to live you know a, a happy meaningful life um, so luckily uh, last year I um, took the courageous step of um, leaving the day job which I might talk a little bit more about later because it can be um, a very daunting process, especially in Ireland, where you know having a, a permanent pensionable job is, is, is viewed as such an important thing. But um, you know, finally, been brave enough to step away from that and step up, set up my own business, where I work with people, you know, just like me and you, who are you know wanting to kind of um, manage their own lives, you know, uh, manage their emotions. Um, live a life that's true and authentic to them, follow their desires. So really that's the work that I do. I help people to feel their emotions um, and just incorporating little things every day that help them to um, have, you know, power over their own lives, really. Because I feel like in today's society, a lot of the time we are living a life that... um, we feel we should be living and we're living a life where the highlight reel is really important and we're not it's not kind of cool to be feeling your emotions so really I'm just helping people to live um, a happy and meaningful life by um, really tuning into their emotions that's so, amazing yeah yeah so I think that describes a little bit what, what I do I mean basically it's um, I feel it's nearly more important than the work I used to do because you're kind of um, it's a prevention rather than a cure if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful the way you can bring whatever the client needs to them with the the mix of therapy and coaching yeah I mean it works so well because um, I think becoming a life coach has made me a way better therapist and I think having the therapy counselling background helps the life coaching. So before, um, when I was working in mental health, I was a mental health social worker and then I trained to become a therapist. So I think it all worked really well because, you know, you know yourself from doing the life coaching. When you're working with a person, no matter what they come to you for coaching about, every aspect of their life and their being comes into it and emotions is at the core of everything. So... When a person comes to me, it's great to be able to help them to take steps to move towards a life that's authentic and true for them, but also be able to go into the past and look at what traumas or emotions might be um, getting in the way of, you know, them um, having the courage to step forward. So it's a nice mixture of both. So sometimes hard to put words on what I do, but I like to call it therapeutic coaching. That's a great way of putting it. And you mentioned there about taking the courageous act of, you know, leaving the permanent pensionable job. What was that period of your life like, taking that step? It was really a lot more difficult than I thought. So um, just to give a bit of background on myself, I mean, I've always been a highly sensitive empath, always very, you know, felt my emotions very deeply. So, and and really feeling the energy of those around me. So if people aren't, agreement with my decisions I feel that deeply um so um when you are taking um a different path or going against the grain as an empath you can see it you know a lot um 
but for me, um, you know, taking an alternative route hasn't isn't something new to me. You know, I remember I was working as a counsellor in a primary school, a very good permanent pensionable job, um, back in twenty fourteen. And I remember telling my parents I was quitting the job to go travelling and like just the absolute resistance and horror and fear from those around me, I couldn't believe it, you know. Um, it sounds simple but it can bring up a lot of fear from other people. And I continue to do that. Um, every eighteen months I'd get a really good job, save up loads of money and travel the world. And so I kinda thought, you know, leaving the job in chemistry last year would it be a piece of cake because I've done this before, this is a new to me. But um, it's different when you're leaving a permanent pensionable job as a woman in your 30s and you're not actually stepping into anything else that's certain. Um, so it's different, you know, before I would have quit the job to go travelling or quit the job to take some time out but to take another good pensionable job. So when you're stepping into the uncertainty and, and the unknown, it can be a very fearful, frightening place and it can bring a lot up a lot of fear from those around you. Um, so yeah, it's you know, when I'm talking to clients about it, I'm like, it's great to get to a point where you're really happy with what you do, but it does take a lot of bravery and there is a lot of darkness within that as well. So I don't try to sugarcoat that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what advice would you have for someone who might be in a similar position that they're feeling really drawn to leaving? their safe job and are really worried about the opinions of others and judgment by others. What advice would you have? Yeah, I was actually talking to a client about this this morning. I suppose, number one, normalising that it is really difficult and it will feel really scary. Um, like, even though I knew it was the right thing to do, like I used to, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and work for myself. I remember walking up to my manager's office in Dublin last year and my whole body was saying, no, 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 what are you doing? And, you know, just really knowing that it is difficult handing in your notice, it is hard, and just normalising that, because I thought, you know, thinking I, that it was going to be a breeze probably went against me. So normalising that it's difficult and it would bring up a lot of fear, um, firstly. And then secondly, um, Making sure that you surround yourself with a tribe of people who are in support of what you're doing. So the people closest to you are probably going to be in fear the most because they are worried for your well-being. But if you can kind of cultivate some like-minded friends or women who are entrepreneurs who have took those brave steps themselves, it's good to be able to kind of give them a call and be like, this is, this is, this is how I'm doing okay, right? You know, it's like having that kind of um, army of support is really important um, to get through it. And I suppose this is how the feminine energy comes in, Ash, where um, the feminine energy um, really embraces uncertainty and, and the unknown. And it sees uncertainty and the unknown as something normal and really a part of life. So knowing that it's okay not to be certain about how things are going to go or you don't need to know where you'll be in six months and just normalising that. We're, we're living in a society where like certainty is um, really um, important to so many people. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know how much money I'm earning. Or earning. And it's like, it's actually, it's okay not to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. really important, just embracing the uncertainty. Because that's where all possibilities are. Exactly. 
And as you've mentioned feminine energy there, and that's something that I wanted to talk about is embracing your feminine energy. Would you mind just explaining what is the difference between masculine and feminine energy and what's the purpose of each? I know that both have their own purpose. Yes, Yes, so this is something that um, has really helped me on my journey over the past few years. So it's lovely to be able to share it with people. So, So each person, whether you are male or female, we embody um, two different types of energy, commonly known as the yin and yang energy. Most people have kind of heard of that, so the yin and yang. So yin is also known as the feminine, and yang is the masculine. So these are two types of energy that every person on earth um, has. And what's happened is, um, over the centuries, we, the society has become, has leaned towards the masculine energy. So masculine energy is the doing, the logic, the kind of um, mathematical kind of side where we want everything to be certain and we want to be productive all of the time. So that's the masculine energy. Um, the society we live in is very masculine energy driven and our mind is very masculine energy driven. And what's happened is that has kind of uh, left a lot of us out of balance um, in our energy fields because we're neglecting the inside of it, which is the feminine energy side. So the feminine energy side is the more being, feeling our emotions, um, sensuality, um, being comfortable with the uncertain and the unknown, the nurturing kind of side of it. Um, A lot of that has been forgotten and we no longer um, value those things because because of the materialistic world that we live in, success is in doing, so we've kind of neglected that part of us. Does that make sense? It absolutely does, yeah. And how do we start to embrace our feminine energy if we've been neglecting it? Yeah, and, and just, just to um, um, even look at kind of how do we know if we've neglected it? So, um, you know, if we are feeling exhausted, if we're feeling anxious or depressed or overwhelmed, if we're feeling depleted, if we, um, you know, our sexual desires have depleted, um, if we're feeling unmotivated, that they are all signs that the feminine energy has kind of been ignored. And, you know, it's definitely, um, before I talk about ways to embrace it more, it's a journey to kind of embracing it. You know, if they're used, for me, um, I suppose just to mention, like, I was always very in my masculine, yang energy. Um, grew up doing an awful lot, you know, involved in a lot of sports. Went to college, did my undergrad, did my master's, left my master's, moved to Australia and got really good jobs, travelled the world. I was ticking all the boxes, you know, the masculine energy was really happy, um, doing all the time. And then I burnt out in 2018 and I realised, oh, there needs to be a balance. We need to be able to be more and, you know, be more, do less as the saying goes. So, and it's taken me probably a year and a half to really start to embody the feminine energy. So, you know, if we are noticing that we might be um, lacking in feminine energy, it's not about being hard on ourselves about that, but it's just kind of making small steps every day to kind of embrace it more. So that's important to, to mention, you know, it's not, if we beat ourselves up for not being in the feminine, that's just more of the masculine energy taking over, if that makes sense. I was just thinking that when I asked the question, yeah, it's kind of quite masculine of me to ask, okay, how do we just embrace it? What's the answer now? Let's do it. 
Yeah, well, you see, we need a bit of that. And I think that's, that's the masculine supporting the feminine, right? Because mm-hmm. the, fem- the masculine is ready to serve the feminine. It just needs to know how to do it. And um, it's the opposite of doing it. It's just doing less. So for me, it was, um, and, you know, so for ways for people to kind of start to embrace it is to just give themselves permission to rest more. Um, you know, whatever they have a day off, just allowing themselves to do absolutely nothing productive. And to really look at when I do something on my day off, is am I doing it because I feel guilty otherwise? Or am I doing it because I have genuine energy to do it? So when I ask, when I ask my clients that question, a lot of the time they're doing things out of a place of fear rather than authentic, you know, um, motivation or love. Um, a lot of us in Ireland, especially, you know, I grew up in the countryside and you were always meant to be out doing and you were lazy if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's driven a lot of our generation into doing and achieving all the time and to-do lists. Um, but we, you know, we're doing enough. So it's just about giving yourself permission to rest if you need to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so just listening to your body on your day off and going, what do I need today? Do I need to just read a book? Do I need to relax? Um, so that's the first way to embrace the feminine energy. Um, and that being is just as important as doing. Which <laughs> is hard for people to get their head around, you know? It is. I know I struggled massively with my, myself with allowing myself to rest. I remember two years ago, I, it really became very obvious to me how difficult I found it to just switch off and rest and it's still it's still um challenging for me but I'm definitely getting better at it yeah and isn't that and that's exactly it it's like being patient and compassionate with yourself that you know you yourself have lived you know me myself for many years in a different energy so we have to get used to doing things differently and just being patient with ourselves within Mm -hmm. that and there's a lovely um, one of Gabrielle Bernstein's cards. I don't know, is it the Super Attractor deck or the universe has your back? But it, it says, yeah. I can do less and attract more. And I remind myself of that often. And, and it's a really powerful um, little phrase or affirmation. And it, that, is, that incorporates so much of the feminine energy, which is trust, surrender, embracing the uncertainty and the unknown. The more we do, I'll do all of this work and I'll get loads back because we want to be certain that we'll get something back. But doing less, you're really trusting that the universe will provide meet you halfway and that you will be provided for. You know? And I think in Ireland, because of the famine and all the ancestral trauma where we actually, you know, we died because we didn't have enough, it's really stuck in our bones and in our memory and we're so afraid that we're going to starve and we're going to, not have enough if we don't have we don't you know do all the time and stay in the comfortable permanent job there's a lot of fear around that and 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 stepping into the feminine energy and being like you know it's that it's stepping away from that trauma and realizing that we will be provided for as you said and you know sometimes the less we do the more we get back and i i definitely know that to be true mm-hmm. for sure absolutely so allowing yourself to rest, that's one way of starting to embrace your feminine energy. Are there any other ways that you could start to embrace it? 
okay, yeah, the, probably the most important one is giving yourself permission to feel. Um, and I'm going to say it again, giving yourself permission to feel. <laughs> because this is the key to everything in life. I believe that when we don't feel our emotions, well, I know this for sure, when we don't feel our emotions, um, they get, that energy gets swallowed, you know, gets pushed back down into our body. And that is where, you know, a lot of disease and um, mental health difficulties come from when these emotions um, become suppressed. And when emotions are suppressed, it takes an awful lot of energy to keep them down there. And that's why people, you know, don't end up having the energy to follow their heart's desires because it takes an awful lot of energy, as you know, to go back and study again or to start up your own business or to travel the world. You need a lot of energy reserves. And when we suppress emotions, it holds us back from doing that. Um, and also when we don't feel our emotions, you know, like, so a lot of people don't want to feel sad or depressed or anxious. So they try and numb them. And when we numb the more difficult emotions, we also numb love, happiness, joy, sensuality, pleasure. Um, and it's the same with antidepressants. When we numb the depression, we're also numbing joy and excitement. So the only antidote really is to feel all of them. <laughs> which which sounds easier maybe than it is, Ash. What do you think? Um, yes, sounds a lot easier <laughs> than it really is <laughs> for definite. Yeah. And, and why why do we feel why why is it so difficult for for us for me to feel our feelings? We've forgotten how to do it. So because again we've lived in a masculine driven society, so the the masculine energy is um, productivity and logic. So do you know we're trying to make logic of our emotions when we can't do we can't bring the masculine energy into it. So we've lived in a society where the predominant energy which is masculine frowns upon being and feeling so it's a lot to do with the societal conditioning like when you look at the ancestral trauma in Ireland um, you know we were under the rule of England for so long and not to be bringing up past stuff but the reality is we didn't we weren't able to express ourselves when we were under that rule for so long we didn't have an opportunity to feel our emotions we also had the Catholic Church um in power and that um, entity wasn't allowing us to feel or express our emotions either and I'm just being absolutely honest this is why we're living in a country where it's more it's more um, easier to drink your emotions than to feel them you know isn't like from from being around the world there's a lot of suppression of emotions in this country and it has got to do with our history here mm, that's really interesting so it's a lot more than just you and me, it's the whole society and um, that is why it's hard to feel our emotions. We haven't been given permission before. We have, um, like other countries, we have a painful past and that impacts on our emotions and how we feel and express ourselves. Um, and I feel like we are the first probably generation in a long time that are learning to feel our emotions. Um, does that make sense? It absolutely does, yeah. It is a relatively new phenomenon in Ireland, isn't it? The whole feeling your feelings. A hundred percent, yeah. And, you know, when I moved home from Australia um, in 2017, I was shocked. Um, you know, like I would be talking about going to my own therapy and 
obviously that I was doing the work and I couldn't believe the stigma that I was receiving. I was like, oh no, there's still a lot of stigma here. But I do find in the last year or two, things are really starting to shift and people are way more open now and people are talking about going to life coaches way more openly and therapists and stuff like that. So this is this is a great, great, great time to be talking about it. I mean, we don't need to um, get stuck in the past and why we are the way we are. Sorry, Elaine. Sorry? I just lost you there for a second. Can you just repeat the last thing you said? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ash. Um, I was just saying um, a good example of, um, uh, personally, of uh, learning to, you know, giving myself permission to feel my emotions was um, an aunt of mine passed away last week and I was kind of trying to tell myself I shouldn't be upset because I didn't know her that well. And I was like, wait now, I'm allowed to feel whatever I wanted to feel and I had a cry. So what you're doing is, no matter what's happening, you're not questioning why you're feeling a certain way. You're just allowing yourself to feel the emotion. So, you know, if we need to cry, we need to cry. So really just giving ourselves permission to feel. Um, and it's obviously something I'm really passionate about. Um, you can hear me okay now, Ash, can you? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Perfect, yeah. Um, it was probably in 20... Um, 14 or 2015 um, I did my therapy training and I remember the lecture saying you know there's a reason why there's you know 10 emotions in this world or however many there is um, there's a reason why there's more than just happiness they all need to be felt and experienced in order to live a true authentic meaningful life and I remember having a big aha moment because as a sensitive person in the world I kind of was always beating myself up for feeling deeply and then I realized that that's our true power lies by feeling our emotions so um my advice to people is you know it's normal to feel scared anxious or low that's just part of the human experience and we need to allow those emotions out we need to cry like I love seeing people cry as you know I, cortisol has literally been released within the tears it's energy, stagnant energy been released from the body. So um, I would just love to see a society where we just normalize these things rather than brand them as, oh, this person has an anxiety, this person has depression, you know? Yeah, so I guess it's not rationalizing what you're feeling, Just it's just allowing without judgment. It, that's it put really well, allowing without judgment. Um, and I know we live in a society where you know people are branded as being mental or having depression or anxiety if they feel deeply and you know that's just not how it needs to be it doesn't mean that someone's depressed just because they're crying it just means that they're um well able to feel their emotions so after working in the area of mental health for so long i kind of disagree now with the labeling and attachment of labels on people um, because really, it's all part of the human experience. Like, if someone dies, of course you're meant to feel sad. If you're, you know, public speaking in front of a large crowd, of course you're going to feel anxious. <laughs> you know, 
know, if we can just normalise how we feel and turn off that internal struggle switch that we have on a lot of the time when we're feeling difficult emotions, you know, things, yeah. our, our anxieties would reduce because we're no longer anxious about feeling a certain way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I was really sorry to hear about your aunt. And it, it's, so am, it's amazing how even, you know, you're working in this area, you're helping people to feel their feelings. Yes, you have yes. to remind yourself in that moment because it's, I suppose it's like yes. a learned behaviour that, you know, just suppress. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it, it's amazing yeah. that you had to remind yourself, but wonderful that you are able to do that. Yeah, and, you know, this is it, like, and I, I, I was saying this to my own therapist this week, it's like, oh, it's such a reminder that you're always in practice, you're always growing, and it's through these adversities that you you really get to um, practice embodying the work, because when life is dandy and grand, you don't get to practice feeling sad or allowing yourself to be upset, so what happened was I kind of caught the distortion happening, I was like, oh, judging myself for feeling a better uh, a certain way and then I was like I can feel whatever way I want to feel and I had a little cry so we're always practicing this stuff because if you think about it we're healing seven to ten generations of our ancestors doing another way of not feeling Mm. (laughs) so we've got to be very patient and kind to ourselves that's so true um, I don't know if you want to talk about the ancestral healing work and I know you're passionate about it, but is it something that you'd like to touch on? Yeah, I mean, I suppose uh, I touched on it a fair bit there. And really, um, I suppose when I look at my own journey of healing, I got to a certain point where I realised I don't think all this stuff I'm healing or that I'm holding is necessarily my own. Like this feels deeper than just my life difficulties and experiences and that's when I started to um, in my own therapy look at ancestral healing and also look at um, um, I started to study ancestral he- um, trauma it kind of can break down a lot of the stigma where we now realise why we find it hard to feel why we're so um, used to just drinking away our emotions, why we're so used to wanting a permanent pensioner job this has got to do with how our ancestors were so when you uh, I suppose when you start to realise that it's not just your own stuff you're healing it can be very free because you realise I'm crying today and maybe it's not for me maybe it's for my grandmother or my great grandmother because you know you were an egg in your grandmother's room because you were an egg in your mother who was in your grandmother mm. so any trauma or a difficult experience that your grandmother or your mother had, you were there and you felt it and you experienced it. And that's ancestral trauma. So we're holding all this memory from all of our ancestors. And when we realise that, it kind of gives us permission to even feel more or to break down more, if that makes sense. It does. It absolutely does, yeah. Um, it's powerful. So It is. It is powerful. And... Um, you know, you, people, you don't have to look into it too much, but it's just knowing that um, when you're doing this healing work, because it, be, um, it can be a very um, difficult, harrowing journey to go on, to start to open up, to be cracked right open and to feel our emotions. It can be, as you know, it's not, it's really the warrior path. Um, it leads to such true joy and uh, contentment, but it can be a difficult, harrowing path to go down. And for me, 
realizing that this wasn't I wasn't just healing my own life and my own trauma I was healing probably 10 generations back and that kind of helped me to realize this is more than just me this is more than just my own trauma it's from all the women who've gone before me who were suppressed you know oppressed and, and for all the tra- traumas that makes sense <laughs> absolutely yeah and yeah. Elaine, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was your women's circles. So these are really powerful and they definitely help women like myself um, to feel our feelings and to embrace our feminine energy. So would you care to just talk a little bit about what your women's circles are and what what their purpose is? Yeah, so women's circle, um, the women's circle is something that I've wanted to set up for a really long time. And I think with this whole lockdown, it's actually been a lovely experience because it's brought together women from all over the country together online to share. So I think this is one of the positives um, of this current lockdown, which is bringing people together online. Um, and I suppose the main reason that I wanted to set it up was firstly um, because of how healing women's circles have been for me. So when we talk about feminine energy, um, you know, the feeling, being more, that's a lot of obviously feminine energy and a lot of women um, hold these traits even more than men so even though men and women both have the feminine energy obviously women kind of embody it more because we are the nurturing ones and we do um, create life so if women have struggled for centuries with being in their feminine energy the best way to heal that is within a circle of women where we can hear and see and feel with one another if that makes sense it does yeah absolutely they're really powerful and i suppose it's just when other people when other women are sharing their stories or their struggles it just makes you feel a lot less alone i guess too yes yeah because over the decades women have started to kind of compete with each with one another and that's because of the society we live in and um coming together and allow and, and seeing other people so other women break down and cry and be vulnerable is so healing. It's so, so healing because when we go on social media and we see all these um, pictures of the highlight reel, we think, oh, well, she's coping better than me and she's more successful than me and maybe I should be doing things like her. Uh, but the reality is behind the screen and behind the highlight reel, we're all falling apart. Of course we are. That's part of the human experience. And within a women's circle, it's a safe place to know, oh, I'm not alone here. Everybody is experiencing the ups and the downs. People are just hiding it better. Um, and, you know, it's people's prerogative. You don't have to share it on social media. Of course you don't. You can share it uh, in, a, in a safe place like a women's circle, you know. Uh, this is great, but actually I'm really struggling with this. So um, I am really, really feel honoured to have this space where women are witnessing each other um feeling and and really you know for us as women and this is the ancestral trauma again Ashley, which is like powerful women in the past in Ireland were you know just for going against the catholic church or for for um stepping into their power and wisdom and you know it wasn't that long ago that there was a marriage ban and um you know we we couldn't vote and things like that so for and again I'm talking about past stuff but there has been a lot of oppression of women so the way forward is coming back together as women unite me again supporting each other um, and 
really honoring each other, witnessing each other and healing together. Something very powerful about the potency of a women's circle and it's, it's just amazing to be a part of it really. It's just been as healing for me just as much as everybody in the circle really. Yeah, and thank you so much for hosting them. They're absolutely amazing. And I guess the other yeah. thing is that people get an opportunity to feel seen and heard as well. Like, you know, life is so hectic and busy that often people are maybe half listening, distracted by their phones. So it is the opportunity to feel like someone is holding space for you. Yeah, I mean, it's such um, a gift and it's such an important thing. And unfortunately, in today's busy society, we don't hold that space enough for people. Um, and as women, we're giving all the time. We're nurturing everybody else. And we're not allowing ourselves to be seen or held. So um, I'm hoping that the Women's Circle is also, it's not just doing that, but it's kind of um, inspiring people to maybe, you know, surround themselves with more people who can just listen and not fix. Because um, the masculine energy wants to fix our emotions, but really the feminine, you know, our feminine part of us just wants to be heard and seen. So... Um, that's really sacred to just be seen and to be held and I, I think that's what's wonderful about the women's circle is you know there's a big group of us holding so much sacred space for other women to be seen and heard which is so important it is it's beautiful and uh, this podcast will be coming out next Thursday so I know you've got a women's circle this Saturday night and will you be planning one in July or August that people might be able to attend yes I'm going to hold one every month um usually at the end of the month um so you know the more women the better like some people come to every circle and some people just dip in dip out and whether you're to just come to one or come to all of them it doesn't really matter you know everybody is welcome um and i'm hoping to host my first uh women's circle retreat weekend in september when all this lockdown ends hopefully because online is fantastic but there's something about meeting these women face to face and forming friendships because it's through the women's circles that I went to that I'm you know uh, I've met really really good friends from because you know when we're going down this path of healing and feeling our emotions being around other women who are doing this work as well is so important so um, yeah I'll be announcing that um, on my Instagram hopefully soon about the retreat so it would be great to have people along to that as well brilliant and Elaine, just before we wrap up as well, I'd love to know what, what has been your experience of COVID and the lockdown? How have you found the, the whole time yourself? Yeah, to be honest, the first thing that comes to me is it's just been such a blessing for me in so many ways because um, <clears throat> um, obviously, you know, with having family members sick in hospital and different things like that, it has been difficult in some ways. But in general, Ash, if I've been completely honest, I found it really enjoyable because I really needed this time to really embrace the feminine qualities of being and feeling. And in order to be able to help women with this work, it was important for me to truly embody it. So because of the lockdown, um, I haven't been doing as much and I've been being more. And that's really helped me heal and helped people around me heal and really um, helped me with my work um, and just allowed me to you know, really, really be grateful for the small things around me. Like, you know, I don't need to be traveling the world or traveling Ireland to be happy. Like, it's right here, right now in the little moment. So I'm just really grateful for the small things. And, 
um, grateful for family and really, you know, no matter what you have in the world, Ash, like peace of mind that you have is probably the most important thing through this whole COVID thing. Like we're all in the same boat here. It doesn't matter how many materialistic things we have. If we can't cultivate some inner peace, then we're the poorest people in the world, really. Mm. I love that. I love how you've yeah. been embracing growing the veggies and getting out in nature. Yeah, yeah, it's been lovely, you know. I and, and and coming back to ancestors, I feel like our ancestors used to live such a simple life where they, you know, were self-sufficient and grew their own vegetables. And um, I feel like we're coming back to wanting that lifestyle a bit more, you know. Um, especially as women, you know, we fought for equal rights and to be able to get out into the workplace. And I'm finding now a lot of my generation just wants to maybe go back to nurturing, having kids, being in the home, baking more. I mean, flour has sold out all over the country. It's like people are wanting to go back to the old ways a bit, really. Mm. Yeah, it's Um, definitely been a time of reflection and looking inward and thinking about the way we're living at this time, hasn't it? It has, and I, I think a lot of people now, and this is where our, our work becomes really busy as coaches, which is people are realising, am I living a life that's true to me? Is this sustainable? You know, am I working from a place of fear? You know, am I doing this job because I think I should be? Um, am I buying the house because I think I should be? Or do I want to be down in the country somewhere, growing my own veggies, working part-time, like people are really starting to think about that. Like, do I want to be commuting to Dublin every day? You know, people are really thinking about their lifestyles, which is great because um, nothing else is sustainable, only a life that's true for you, really. Absolutely. Elaine, it's been a pleasure chatting to you and where is the best place to find you if anyone's looking to get in contact? Brilliant, yeah. So my Instagram is probably um, the best place to get me, which is just Elaine Doyle. Um, I'm in the middle of setting up my website at the moment, so hopefully that will be out soon. And um, my email is hello at elainedoylecoaching.com. Fabulous, Elaine. Thanks very much. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Ash. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Thrive for Life podcast with me, Ashling Daly, and this week's guest, Elaine Doyle. If you're on Instagram, you can head over to Elaine's page and follow her work. She's at Elaine underscore Doyle underscore and she's very active there. And I personally learn a lot from Elaine and the wisdom that she shares on her Instagram page and her Instagram stories. So if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or hit subscribe on whatever platform you're tuned in on.